so Carly, you can rap. Is that what I hear? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's, too, it's too bad we didn't know this before we kicked off season four, because that could have been we could have had Carly yeah. rap with the yeah. intro. Yeah. We I could heard ditch. We could ditch Sarah Ombre and the music. If I had to rap, I would need like a month to think of something. Like okay, well, really we'll think about it. Let's it's go. the second okay, of so October. The early, early November episode, yeah. you can rap us into it? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll come up with a rap. <laughs> okay. I'll look at okay. you. Okay. You're doing Good. it by I'll yourself. Come, <laughs> I'll come up with a rap about all of us. Excellent. Okay. Okay. That sounds fun. Well, that'll be an episode to, to mark down. Keep, right. keep it on yeah. your calendars, folks. Yeah. Carly yeah. wraps us into early November. Got to put that on the top of my to-do list because it's going to take all four weeks. Cool. For but sure. not today. Not today. Megan Martin is our guest today. Megan is the executive director of the Arts Council of Greater Lansing. She is the recipient of this year's Leadership Lansing Scholarship, and she's going to be talking to us about that. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Didn't your microphone break when we were... No, I was an idiot and I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. <laughs> Literally, I have... COVID. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested You couldn't have, like, edited that better. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> hey, welcome back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch, owner of Resch Strategies. Resch Strategies team, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Um, I'm joined today by a few of my colleagues. We've moved... We're out of the studio. The studio was a little tight space-wise, you think? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was a little tight. So we wanted to make sure we were keeping proper distance from each other. Um, so I'll go around the room. Nikki? Hi. Hi. Nikki O'Mara is here. Carly Buell. Carly's here. Joe Bashy. Joe's here. Our good friend uh, Nick and Stephanie, they are not here with us today. And Laura Beal. Mm-hmm. We can't make fun of her today. Maybe we can. Well, we could. Yeah. Meh. Had a baby. So she is going to be out of, she'll be not with us here for a, for a few months probably. But congratulations to Laura and Jimmy. Yes. And a little Isaac. Isaac, Isaac William. <laughs> I was calling him Billy around the house because <laughs> I, I, it popped up and I, I kept saying, yeah, Brenda, Laura had a baby, Billy, and it's Jimmy and Billy and Billy Beal. I mean, that's that's funny. And then Carly corrected me. Yeah, later. Yeah. She goes, his name's like, Isaac. Oh, what's, I had what's his name, Billy? I'm like, Isaac, <laughs> but close, <laughs> but close. Nick will probably be mad at me for this, even though it's it's complimentary and nice. But I was on the phone with Nick at some point after she had her baby, and Nick's like, "Laura had a baby, man. Okay, wow, cool, cool. really cute kid." And then and then we were like talking about how babies can be not cute. He's like, "Yeah," which seemed like the least Nick Deleuze thing to ever admit that a baby might not be the That's best true. looking kid. But apparently, he thinks that anyway. Wow. Well, congratulations to Laura and Jimmy. That's <laughs> That's exciting stuff. Go um, back to it there. Anyway, <laughs> yes, this is the Rest Strategies team. You can find our little podcast here 
at reststrategies.com. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Rest Strategies. Uh, these podcasts are streamed every other Thursday at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So sign up for those. You get it a little earlier than our, our email that goes out on Thursday afternoons, um, basically whenever I get around to posting it, sometimes Wednesday night, sometimes Thursday morning. You never know. Um, but if you sign up to one of those places, you'll get it, get it super fast. There's also a Twitter account uh, that covers this podcast at Cold Oatmeal Pod. From time to time, there are polls on that account. Nikki? Yeah, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Was there anything to report for this yes, one? Yes, there was. So, it was. On the subject of boats, are you with Jack or Matt? That's a good question. That's an excellent question. And I I love the results. Um, 67% were with Jack, who is my dad. Jack Wickham, I assume, is what you meant. Or know. whoever. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a, l- a little background on does this. Does the poll. <coughs> so we had a little bit of a dust up on the last episode. Dust because, up. Yeah, because your dad, Jack, brought <laughs> brought all kinds of shade about how I went and got this boat well, and didn't know what I was doing. So well, I think I proved I knew choice. what I was doing. So there you go, Jack. <laughs> I don't know. Sixty-seven percent are with him, and they're well. Like what is the? What does that mean? I like, don't know. I didn't. That, that Matt I didn't shouldn't the have poll. bought the boat. On the subject of boats, I don't know, Jack. What Jack? does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to bring him on and, and yeah. find out. Let's see. We could do dads. One dad. A I mean, season. we've already had mine, so let's do it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I may have a story about my dad a little bit later. Anyway, so we're going to get into this today. First of all, I want to thank Steve Young, our guest last week. Great guest. Um, and a lot of very good feedback from people around town uh, with stories. Got a lot of texts from people. I then asked them all to come on, and they go, oh, I'm not coming on until I'm retired. I'm like, well, that's no fun. Yeah, that's lame. Come tell stories. But one thing I did want to share, I'm, I don't remember his name, um, but I we talked about the Capitol building last time and how it was all torn up and, and split up in all those different floors. I did find out whose idea it was. Apparently it was a state senator from Lansing from the 60s who had the idea mm. to do it. So It was just to like save money? Yeah. Okay. He was ahead where of, were they before? That's a really good question. I don't okay. know where they were. But anyway. We need to have like a historian, like a Lansing historian on. I feel like that'd Ooh, be fun. That I do want to do that. Yeah. I do want to do that. And I do want to have someone on from the Capitol to talk about that because I'm fascinated by that. But Steve... Thank you for being with us, and uh, it was a good episode. Today, um, we are going to talk to Megan Martin. Uh, Megan is someone we don't know. We love these podcasts when we have someone in that we we have not met before. But um, she is a um, part of our Rest Strategies family here now because um, we fund a scholarship for the Lansing Chamber of Commerce and their Leadership Lansing program, and we fund a scholarship for a local nonprofit executive to go. And Megan applied and signed up, and she was selected this year. So she's going to be attending the Leadership Lansing uh, program with the Rest Strategy Scholarship. And so we wanted to see if she could come on and talk about her job. She is the executive director of the Greater, the Arts Council of Greater Lansing. So that'll be fun. So yeah, Megan was, I think she went to journalism school at Michigan State. Yeah, sounds now, like it. Now she runs uh, the Arts Council, so it'll be fun to talk to her. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Megan Martin. So, Megan, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me today. It's always fun to have people who we don't know come on the podcast and and meet for the first time here with microphones in front of our face. Yes, totally natural. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, we appreciate you coming in and um, want to learn a little bit about you and the Arts Council of, of, the, of Lansing and what you do, what the organization does, and talk a little bit about leadership Lansing and, and all of those things. So yeah. why, don't we, why don't we start it off with, for anyone who doesn't know, and I, I admittedly didn't fully know either, what does the, Outs, the Arts Council of Greater Lansing do on a day-to-day basis? So um, the Arts Council of Greater Lansing, um, sometimes people, it's almost a misnomer. They think that we're some sort of governmental entity, that we're funded by the government, and we just bring forth the arts. Um, <laughs> it's actually um, that we're here as a member service organization. We're a nonprofit, um, and we we go into the community and find artists and arts and cultural organizations that might need some some either fiscal help or technical assistance and help them do the work that they do out in the community. For instance, um, through creative placemaking. Um, if you're not familiar with that, that's um, taking artists into the community to build creative spaces that people can engage with. Um, finding artists that might want to develop a public art project and finding a developer that might want to um, pay them to do that. Um, so we try and be the dot connectors or the, or the people that um, build relationships with both the artist community and arts and cultural community um, and those that are not in that community. And we try and connect those two. Um, it, it makes it so that by doing that, we become a region that is known for arts and culture, which is very important to us. Uh, we have a wealth of amazing artists and organizations that are doing great work, and we just want to make sure that everybody knows that and that they're supporting that through um, you know, visiting the, the Wharton Center or the Lansing Art Gallery or um, going to Impression 5 with your kids or supporting their programming, um, employing local artists when you want to do a project. These are some of the advocacy things that we do. Um, on top of supporting arts education and things like that. So are there any, I guess this lack of a better term, high-profile projects around town that someone might drive around and see all the time but not know that's something that you guys connected the dots on? Are there something that people yeah. should be looking for? Absolutely. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of one of those things. A typical arts council in a small community might be going out and doing like concerts in the park and an art gallery or things like that. We, we kind of support people that are doing those things. So while we aren't putting on a concert or we aren't putting on a gallery showing or things like that, we are helping... For instance, um, when LEAP and the city of Lansing wanted to put together uh, um, the arts impact projects, we helped them connect to Impression 5 Science Museum, the Ariolds Transportation Museum, and uh, Riverwalk Theater, who wanted to build a sculpture at the top of the uh, museum drive. Mm -hmm. And now we connected them found through a call for artists to a local sculptor, Ivan Eiler, who created Portrait of a Dreamer that you pass by when you come in to the see the Capitol. Um, that's the large bust, mm -hmm. the silver metal, metal bust. Um, so we guided them through that whole process, and we found um, just making sure that that was an equitable process and that we were um, choosing... Uh, art of high artistic merit and that we were finding a quality piece to put into the city of Lansing. Um, those are things that uh, are very important to us and, and that's something that you pass by every day. It's a huge impact to this area. Um, you might see our art in the sky billboards 
So if you see our local artists, those are members of ours, uh, of the Arts Council, that put uh, pieces of their artwork, and we design them so that we have the Arts Council's name. And on top of that, it's their name. It's a promotional piece. And as you're driving through the region, you see more than the advertising and things like that on Adams Outdoor mm -hmm. uh, Billboards, but you're also seeing um, local artists' pieces up in the sky. So... Um, those are some of the popular projects that we've done. Um, we've continued to help with the arts impact projects. One of those was the Below the Stack Music Fest, or excuse me, Mural Festival that put murals all around town. Um, those are some of the things that our grant funds help to make happen and that we help facilitate for the city of Lansing, for Ingham County Hotel Motel tax, um, things like that, that we kind of help facilitate those things to happen. How do you, how would you rank Lansing on the art scale compared to other communities? Are we pretty good, pretty bad in the middle? How, how would you? How would you <laughs> I, I, I love this question. I don't know why. Oh, man. This is a funny like, question. I, you know, I mean. Just like, do we have a lot of artists and a lot of a lot going on? I, Are we trying to get more? What's so? There's so many ways I could answer this question, but I will um, I will point to our current situation that we're all in and tell you that the creative se sector that we have mm -hmm. here in Lansing has risen to the occasion. I think um, tremendously. Nobody needs creativity more than they do now. Um, as we're going through a pandemic, we've had to adjust everything in our lives. And seeing my, my creatives, my artists, just create these events and happenings and things for us to get through it, you know, the, the videos that they're producing online to just just to be a good person, you know, they're producing a free online content for us to do just like when we were truly in our own homes and couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They were providing us with things um, that we could do at home for free to stay sane. Um, so to say whether we're good at art <laughs> um, is, is, you know, um, I would say that we're the best yeah. um, be, for that reason, that our artists are truly uh, genuine people that genuinely care. And um, they support one another. Um, they lift each other up. They're a very tight-knit community that um, have a healthy, competitive nature. They, um, they support one another in um, each other's projects. Um, there are a lot of great partnerships between our arts organizations that have that um, compounding voice. If, um, if the art gallery is doing something, they could partner with the Impression 5 Science Museum and have just a, an even larger voice and impact for youth in arts and culture. Um, so I think that there's definitely something that is magical about that. And I think that we're doing great in that realm and we want to do better. We always want to do better. And I, I don't think that we, we compare ourselves to any place else. We, we go to other places for ideas and inspiration and, and things like that, but nobody is going to be Lansing mm -hmm. if we do what you know other people are doing. It won't be authentic to Lansing because we have that grit and that drive um, that's unique to Lansing. So we wouldn't try to change that. We would make it better and bigger and um, maybe drive inspiration from other people. That was a really good answer, but I was really hoping she would say, well, we're not quite Kalamazoo, but we're at least <laughs> way better than Jackson. I wanted something like that. Yeah, you want me to like throw down some? I like, mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be challenge. Yeah. 
Jackson. Oh, don't get started on Jackson. (laughs) (coughs) Jackson has some amazing (laughs) art. So supportive of the arts. I love it. So what is, for um, the performing arts, Mm -hmm. that's got to be, in in COVID, that's got to be an issue. I mean, it's one thing to be an an artist in the the painting or creating of something that you can visually see. But for someone whose livelihood is tied up in getting getting up on a stage, with either by themselves or with an ensemble or singing um, to a large group of people. That's a livelihood that's pretty much gone now. It's... Or at least on pause. It's um, severely impacted, to say the least. Um, The numbers that we hear from our national level um, arts organization, Americans for the Arts, the numbers are around 10 billion plus and impacting the arts overall, but a large number of that, if you think of um, musicians and um, music in general, but also movies and performers, theater, Broadway, all of these things, um, when you start to think that it's not just one singer on a stage or a two-person ensemble, it's the 10 people backstage putting up the curtains and putting on the costumes and putting on the makeup and putting the hair together. It's the people up in the, in the booth, putting the lights on, putting the sound up, putting the production together. Um, then that number exponentially grows Mm -hmm. and the effect on that community is tremendous and it's tragic and it's going to take a lot to come back. Um, so for, for our organization, we've definitely tried to be supportive and get inventive with at least our local, um, our local performers. They're, they've been doing a lot in the summertime that's, you know, at least adapting. For instance, um, Artist Umbrella is one of our, our members. If you've heard about them, they're, they're a variety show. They bring together just um, an eclectic group that does performing arts, visual arts, um, all of the above, like whatever kind of arts together. And um, they perform it. And and that requires a space to gather people and and hopefully gather a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But if you can't do that, what do you do next? I would have to think too that, you know, for people who perform, not only is it a livelihood, but I think for people who do it well, it's also kind of a, it's what drives you. It's what it's a thrill. It's a, it's exci- it's exciting, and it, you know, you get great satisfaction from it. And so, not only is it a financial hit, it's got to be a mental and psychological hit too to not have an audience of people there to take in what you can do. Yeah, it's just as it is different for an audience member to see something over a Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's different for a performer um, that's trying to um, hone their craft or trying to experience that energy that, that you know, feeds them when they're giving a, a good performance. Um, and, and, and there is a large element to that, that there's a need to, like, it's, it's not just um, a want to be an artist, there's an innate need. Um, it's, it's something that, it's interesting, um, a number of us on the Arts Council staff are former artists ourselves or current artists, and uh, my um, program and membership uh, manager Taylor and I both are per- former performing artists or she's a current performing artist and um, we just 
talk about how much we miss singing, like mm-hmm. just miss singing in, in a space where it's okay to do that. And, and now it's, you know, she's joining uh, Sistrum uh, Women's Choir and they have like a virtual Zoom where you've got like a, a myriad of squares put together and that's your choir. And, you know, there's a way to work around that. Is it the same experience? No, but right. it is something. And if you have to sing, you have to <laughs> sing. It's, <laughs> it's in you. I would think the timing and the delay and all the issues would make trying to sing in unison impossible over Zoom. I don't know how it would, how it's, would be. I mean, done. I'm impressed. I, okay. I, I'm excited to see how that turns out for her. So you've mentioned a lot of groups and different organizations that I had no idea existed in Lansing. Um, and I'm not well ingrained in the arts community at all. But if I wanted to continue to learn more about it and get more involved, where do you suggest uh, I would go? So our organization is very heavy on social media. Um, we try to be present very much um, promoting arts and culture here in Lansing. Uh, LansingArts.org is our website. Okay. We have a directory of our uh, membership um, that links to all of their websites where they can be found. But then also we have an arts calendar embedded in our website that has um, all the arts programming that's going on around um, the greater Lansing area mm-hmm. um, or just call us and ask <laughs> us because we're usually just like sniffing those things out in Lansing and we we love to um, just talk to our local artists and find out how they're doing and what they've got coming in the woodworks and yeah. build those relationships so we usually have some ideas of just what you should check out if you haven't haven't seen it yet like you should definitely see XYZ. It's it's something that we really enjoy. Do you have a Facebook page or any mm-hmm. social media too? Okay. Yep, we're on we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Great. So I can follow everything. along there. Pinterest. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we're on just about everything. <laughs> so question you went you got a major in journalism, right? I did. Yep. Why are you doing this and not a reporter? You stole my question. I was wondering how <laughs> you liked you. Well, I did. Or you were super smart when you thought, you know what? There are not going to be very many journalism jobs in, in the wild. I'm going to go a different route. Or did you do, did you do journalism first? Um, so I was actually in theater in high school and um, a little bit in college at MSU. And I, I did that um, because I had that, that innate feeling in me that I needed to do it, but it wasn't uh, a profession for me. And I think that I didn't, one thing that I didn't realize that I wish I had known is that there are so many things like arts administration, like what I'm doing now, that aren't exactly being an actor that you can still do Mm -hmm. to help the arts and work in the arts. Um, So I found that I was a, a great writer and I had great test scores in that area and I knew that um, I enjoyed that culture of newspapers and, um, and journalistic, um, finding stories and, and that sort of thing. It was very intriguing to me. Um, and just getting to know people and telling their stories, which is, is kind of what I do now is telling the stories of others. But, um, communications in general, I think is, is very vital in many areas of our lives. And so I found it very fascinating when, um, when I took a left turn in my career and, and turned towards the Arts Council, um, it was it was a left turn and it was a little scary, but it's been by far the best decision for me because the arts, like working in the arts, has been the best job ever. Um, 
just getting to know the the people that care about the arts and culture sector and want to support it and be a part of it and are a part of it it's not only thrilling but it 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 nurtures my soul if that if that's too deep let me know but (laughs) it really does it's just how i feel i found my people i feel being here yes i found my people that's how long have you been doing it um i started at the arts council early 2017 as the program manager and um so i was developing our uh, smarts workshops um, and professional development for artists and arts organizations i managed our grant programs um among several other things like uh, managing our creative placemaking summit um, and things like that. And then, uh, I don't know, time is escaping me, but then sometime after I became the interim executive director, um, I guess that was May of 2019. And then a moment before the pandemic, I became the executive director. (laughs) Um, And it's been a wild ride since. So is this... uh, is this your dream life? Is this like your, your, are you living your best life right is, now? Is this is what it, you want to be doing? Like, is, this, is, this, is, this perfect? is becoming the executive director of the arts council right before the pandemic hit my dream? No, but, um, getting through this, um, has been a, an exciting experience and being the executive of the, of the, of the, the executive director of the arts council has definitely been a dream. Um, I have an amazing team that I work with that, um, they just, yeah, I'll just leave it there. They're they're phenomenal, and they put uh, put forth amazing work, and um, it's it's been really great to get along with them through this, even though we have to do it remotely and we have to do it in such a unique way. And a lot of our programming took major shifts. Um, it's been really powerful to lead in this time and and really get to know people and how they get creative and how they um, survive something like this and how they adapt. Um, And the fact that I get to do that through the lens of arts and culture and that we get to get more creative than even any other organization and we get to get even more funky and crazy with it um, and maybe give a little bit more forgiveness if we go too crazy. Yeah, it's it's the best dream job. Yes. Anything upcoming we should look for? Any big projects or anything that's on the on the horizon? Um, so annually, we put together the Creative Placemaking Summit that's coming up October fourteenth of this year, twenty twenty. It all comes around every uh, fall, usually late September, early October, um, and we are doing it virtually this year, but it's virtual plus because we're going to be doing some activities here down in downtown Lansing to showcase what creative placemaking is. And I think we've been seeing quite a bit of that in the outdoor spaces we've been creating for this time. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for that to be happening on October 14th. Um, we're going to probably bring together, typically we bring together about 300 people from the area and beyond to talk about uh, how we branch arts and culture into our community spaces so people feel that home in their place. Um, beyond that, I'd be scared to commit to anything <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a true uh, um, event capacity. Right. We, we do hope to have Arts Night Out continue, which is our our Uh, bi-monthly event where we bring people to Old Town and bring artists into business spaces where people it's a free walkable event they can step inside um, businesses and find arts and culture 
Um, but other than that, we're, we're just putting forth our support to the artist community at, through our grant programs and technical assistance and just trying to support them the best we can. Well, Megan, we appreciate you stopping by to talk to us about this and the, the Arts Council of Greater Lansing. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Next so. time, I, I was hoping to get some cold oatmeal. Joe oh, has some. Wow. You still have some, Joe? I yeah. Joe's got some <laughs> in his office. He, I, yeah, you want are you sure you want <laughs> it? I think that was a part of this. So, um, you do get a mug. You do get a mug awesome. right with there a spoon. with a spoon. Excellent. So we can give you a recipe. And then you can, you can. I had mine before I left the house. Thank you. But yeah. Anyway, thanks for being with us. Thanks. We'll be right back. So one of the f- my favorite traditions about this podcast is that we make fun of Laura. Yeah, it's and also my favorite tradition. <laughs> yeah, and you're brand new, so it's 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 good. It says a lot. Yeah. And the best part about Laura having a baby, I think, is that she's not going to be here for three months. So we can make fun of her as much as we want. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> she's not going to be here for three months. It's going to be like January before she's going to be back in these chairs to kind of. That's true. So we've Defend got a ton of material. Yeah. And so, I'll be careful on 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 this, but I I wanted to te- I wanted to text her, except I thought she's in the hospital. It's mm-hmm. rude. To, it would be rude for me to make fun of her while she's in the hospital. So I'll wait until <laughs> I'll wait until now. But we have we have talked often with her about how um, she's quite the Facebook marketplace seller. It's yeah. a second job. It, it really it's really a, sometimes it could she's be a, a first job. She's on there. Yeah, it's <clears> crazy. Nonstop. Yeah. So anyway, she. She and her husband have come into some some goods, I think, through a family connection that she is trying to unload. Mm-hmm. And so she is selling all kinds of random stuff at all times. And the reason I it caught my attention was because I'm almost positive she posted something from the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was some crazy. It was something <laughs> like I'm a, I look at the time stamp. I'm like, Laura, you had a baby yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you're you are you're not home yet. Can you schedule? I wish that? we could figure out what it was because I'm really hoping it's like something that she had posted for like four bucks that was absolutely like should have been just <laughs> tossed in the garbage. Not something like big and not selling a car. Like right. oh, I gotta well, get this car listed. To your point, Nikki, that's a great question because we know Laura well, and she would be the type to think, you know what, this baby could come anytime. I really want to post this on Saturday. Yeah. I should schedule this. I wonder how to for schedule Saturday it ahead of time. Yeah. That's the hot. I see that. Yeah, she's got some wild stories. But then, so then, this wasn't what she posted from the hospital. This was just yesterday. She's selling a Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> train set. I'm like, Billy was just born. It's <laughs> Billy. Billy. Billy's gonna want. He's gonna want the train set. Why are you calling him Billy? <laughs> is that just gonna be his nickname? <laughs> Why is that what you no? no, is that I, just what we're gonna refer I to him do, as? I, I Billy Beal. Billy Beal. Yes. He will, off the he will forever be Billy Beal to me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm committed to that. My wife will tell you that I very I'm horrible with names, and I will not intentionally. I'll I'll 
I can't do it either. I'll make up a name for someone who that I think it's their name, yeah. and then I'll forget what their real name really is, <laughs> and then I just keep calling them that, and then like to their, to their face. face. No, never to their face. Okay. Oh. I just don't call you them just anything go, to, hey their you face. to their face. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! But then Brenda sometimes will realize that she doesn't really know what their, what their real name is either because yeah. I've called them by the wrong name. But anyway, so Billy, <coughs> Isaac, <laughs> Isaac Billy Beal, um, <laughs> could have had this train set. You know, he's just a week old, but yeah, you know, he's going to want that Thomas the Tank Engine train set, mm-hmm. and Laura is going to kick herself when she realizes she sold that for fifteen. Can't get another one of those. No, those probably right. have to buy it back for more off market price. Maybe. Anyway, so another f- funny Facebook story. Um, my parents were in town the other day. Mm-hmm. First time they ventured out of out of their home in Minnesota, and they came to came to visit for the weekend. And um, I don't know that this if my dad signed up for Facebook prior to the pandemic, but his usage level has certainly increased during during his time at home. And I really hope the Cubs make a long run into the playoffs because if once the Cubs are done, then I think it's just going to be Facebook time for, for my dad. He's going to find something else to do. But anyway, he's also a cook, and so he, he cooks a lot. And his day is very much scheduled around planning the day's meals, shopping for the day's meals, and then oh. cooking the day's meals. And so he spends a lot of time on Facebook looking at recipes mm-hmm. and finding things to cook. And he was telling me that he had come up with this way of reminding himself of the recipes that looked interesting. And so he would find a recipe and he would send it to himself on Facebook Messenger <laughs> so that his Messenger feed would have all of these recipes that he thought looked interesting. Right. And so he's been doing this for you know, a I feel like that's fairly clever, by the way. Like... I, I, yeah, I'm gonna give him credit for thinking it's like, like that's how I'll keep track on of these. Facebook though. You can't access it just via the clicking the link and saving the link somewhere. It could be. I, okay, I, I'm I, just curious. I, I you can know. also save posts. Yeah, it's like the modern day. Like you know, your grandmother probably had one of those little boxes on the counter that had the little three by five cards on it that yeah. she hand wrote recipes. I have one of those. You have one of those now. Mm-hmm. We have one too. Just anyway, it's the modern it's day not recipe. Just a grandma grandma thing. Grandma. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> yeah what was the point of the story <laughs> i'm getting there so when you send yourself something in messenger you start to type your name right and then you hit send mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the other day my dad gets a message on messenger from a richard resch that <laughs> says greetings brother with the same name <clears throat> this tuna noodle casserole looks <laughs> lovely look really really good i must admit i've never had a tuna noodle casserole before but i may have to try this so it turns out that we don't know how many, but a, a certain number of the recipes that my dad was finding, he was sending to a 34-year-old German <coughs> who is a, awesome. is a singer. And so they actually started talking. And he, the, the guy from Germany looked at my dad's background and says, oh, you are a musician. And he goes, I'm a musician. And they started talking, and they've become Facebook friends. And the last I heard was my dad said, if you're ever in Minnesota, stop by. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. We'll that cook some tuna noodle casserole. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. I feel like that could be like a Facebook ad. Mm. Yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. Okay. Yep. Anyway, you never know the friends you can make that way. That's true. So that is the episode for today. Anyone else have anything before we go? I got nothing, man. No. no. Life's boring. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it all you're <coughs> today, everyone. That's what we do. episode 62 in the can Megan Martin from the Arts Council of Greater Lansing has been our guest she's the 
the latest recipient of the Resh Strategy Scholarship for Leadership Lansing. She was great to meet and great to talk to. And we will talk to all of you next time.